Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. You're listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm Nick Flanagan, and I am feeling a little weekly right now. I don't know what happened. It's been a crazy week. Uh, probably this will come out after this week is done, but there's been family uh, emergencies. There's been uh, some work. There was a trip to Montreal. It all just lots of stuff. And uh, I'm very tired right now. And I have to go uh, to a uh, to go to a funeral tomorrow. So it's uh, time to do an intro. But anyway, this is a show that if you've been listening to it, uh, you know that sometimes I immediately go from something nice to something sad, something crazy. That's just how it works. So yeah, I'm going to talk about funeral. I'm going to vaguely mention a funeral, and then I'm going to talk about. Dolomite is my name, starring Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, sorry, starring Eddie Murphy as Rudy Ray Moore. And I'm going to talk about that with Chris Sandiford. He's my guest today. Thank you for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the podcast, definitely go to kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Throw me a buck or two, and uh, you might be happy. I definitely will be. Anyway... I talked to Chris Sandiford, this great comedian and actor. Um, he's been in the FUBAR TV show, if you watch that on Vice. He's actually worked in video games um, on the voice and motion capture uh, tip. And he's a hilarious comic. And he has a sketch group. He's just all over the place. And uh, you know what? I'm crazy for the guy. I think he's just great. So he's a big movie buff. I found out from his IMDb Pro biography that he went to film school. So I'm going to talk about that to him next time. And we talked about Dolomite is my name, which I had coincidentally, he suggested we talk about it. And I had watched it like a week before I watched Dolomite is my name. As soon as it came out starring Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes, Titus, uh, directed by Craig Brewer, written by Scott Alexander and Larry Kowalski. And let me tell you this movie. Look, I don't think it's the, uh, be-all and end-all films. I just saw The Irishman, for God's sake. Possibly the be-all and end-all of films. But I am... I just can't get over how happy I am that Rudy Ray Moore, this comedian I've I've been a fan of, I suppose. (laughs) I have been a fan of him since I was a teenager. And someone told me about Dolomite. And then I tracked down all most of his movies, if not all of his movies, watched them all. Uh, didn't really get to listen to a ton of his records, but I knew he made these crazy-looking party records. Just such an interesting... His influence on rap was humongous. Um, just a guy who was not appropriate to be in movies, who made himself be in movies. And, um, yeah, just, just someone... Uh, there was something about 70s films where, at the very least, you could really tell that everybody was real. You can tell in 70s movies that everyone you're watching goes to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Rudy Ray Moore is like an example of that. And he was so filthy. He was also the fact he was telling street jokes and stories that the kind of people would kind of be passed around. You know, uh, it was different. You know, Richard Pryor kind of did that, but he elevated it. Rudy Ray Moore just kind of did it verbatim. And I, I think there's a lot of room for that kind of a storyteller. (laughs) <laughs> in in pop culture and and even though he was very much an ironic 
figure in a lot of ways. I mean, I never quite viewed him that way just because I love insanity. I love going for it. And he had that in droves. And clearly Eddie Murphy recognized that. And he assembled this incredible cast. It should be uh, a movie that, I don't know. It has a very paint-by-numbers kind of drifting plot. But there's some there's depth to it and there's heart to it that I think at least makes it like a very pleasant film to come out this year. And 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 that just made me so happy. So I talked about it uh with Chris, who uh you can find him online and uh you can follow him on Twitter. All that info it's gonna be in the episode notes. But for now, I just want you to listen to Chris Sandiford and I discuss Dolomite is my name, starring Eddie. The Nutty Professor Murdy Murphy. Bye. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Breathing down your neck. Damn! Damn! Girl, this motherfucker's got rhythm, haven't you? <laughs> Hi. Oh, hello, everybody. And welcome to the show. I guess we can look at the camera here. Is that That's good? fine, yeah. Oh, the yeah? top track is just something. You got nothing to worry oh, about okay, anymore, cool. Chris. Okay, cool. Big Chris Sandiford. Big Chris Sandiford, as, I was, as I've always been known. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a trucker. Uh, improv is your game. Yes, and. Uh, yes, and is my... Uh, yes, and is, is another game. game that I play. Yes, and is your game. Stand-up is another one that I've been known to play. Improv is your name. And my actual name, though, is Chris Sandiford. Is that your real name? Uh, my actual name is Christopher Aristotle Nostradamus Sandiford. No, it isn't. Could you imagine? Yes. <laughs> People. I'll, you're, you're one of these guys. You're not quite as old as some might be. Wow, thank you. At 72, I, I'm very pleased to hear But that. you're older than maybe some people think. Although I'm literally looking at a hair that is white yeah man i got a couple of those and i'm really proud of them i wish there was more of them i can't wait to be able to play president barack obama post-presidency or the samuel l jackson role in uh, invulnerable or any samuel l jackson unbreakable uh invulnerable Thing. I, mean, I just rolled with sure it thinking maybe title. I just rolled with it thinking maybe it's something I hadn't seen, but it's like oh yeah, Unbreakable, right? <laughs> He's had those little graves kind of tacking on for a while now. Sam Jacks, great actor, great actor, great character actor, yeah, amazing character actor. I mean, do you remember in the 1990s when he was uh, the king? <laughs> just like the, he was the guy to beat, right? <laughs> he, was, mean, he, he was he was everywhere. one of the character actors to beat because yeah. it's like you could go all the way back to. Uh, Jungle Fever, where he plays the oh, yeah, crack wow. addicted brother, I believe. Is that before Goodfellas? Yeah, it's around or the Heat same time as Goodfellas. Yeah. And is he in Heat? I'm thinking, I always conflate the role because it's like a role where it's like a brother, like a fast talking, <laughs> cool brother has to do something. And I mean, in 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 Goodfellas, he's driving a truck. He's like, okay, so in he's the, in that. So in okay. the end, like, his role in Goodfellas is very glorified. You know, if it were anyone who wasn't famous, it yeah. would be a very small role. He's still yes, great in yes. it because he's got that look 
that nobody associates with him at that time, which is uh, glad we got that on. Uh, he was yeah, he was lanky, you know. He yes, was kind of really yes. thin, you know, and and um, and he had that he had hair at that time, but he had that yeah. kind of cool like uh, almost like Danny Glover kind of you know that, hair. The, the wet look I call it the wet look. Tell me about the wet look. <laughs> you know, uh, Jules Winfield that kind of look. Who's from, Jules Winfield? That's his character in Oh um, yeah, Jules. Jules. It wasn't a, no. It was like. I'm thinking more like, um, kind of like if your hair were shaved yeah. back a little bit on the top. So like shaved was, as if I had a bald, like a Yeah, like receding. a little bald at the top, but then the same kind of hair, but a little bit cropped shorter on the back. Okay. You oh, know, just like, a, oh almost, just a cut. Like just a Caesar. A kind of a Caesar thing. A Caesar. Not a haircut? <laughs> I'm thinking Caesar. <laughs> Who's the guy that played the original Joker? <laughs> Caesar Romero. <laughs> The uh, impressionist. Oh, what a great, what a great cut. I guess I should introduce great American you to cut. the. Uh, first of all, Chris and I are going to be talking about movies. We got together the other week. Can't wait. We're both buffs, different types of films here and there, but uh, we disagreed on uh, Pain and Gain. Oh yeah, uh, Pain yeah. and Gain. Quit coming after me about Pain and Gain because I think it's one of the better. It is. Yeah, it's Michael probably, Bay's best movie. That might be true, but that's kind of. And it's saying, I think it says it's do, it doesn't say enough about how I mean because he's either he's either the dumbest man alive, mm-hmm. um, which I can't agree because apparently his movies come in famously quick, under budget, on time. Everyone knows what they're getting into. One person died, I think, making one of the uh, Transformers movies. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but that's like the worst thing you can peg to it. And then here's Pain and Gain, kind of this small movie that has a body count that's responsible. Who dies in this movie? <laughs> Um, I haven't seen it in ages, and that's what we're here to talk about. But I remember this movie. I don't know, like a security guard or truly, something. Truly, I think two, if yeah. people die, it's less than it's three. Or, or there's less. like a dumb helper who screws up and right. dies or something. But it's not. You never. It's never like it's so responsible. It's not like it's not the most insane movie you know I can think of. No, it's not like an insane movie, and it's got you know The Rock and Pain Vin and Diesel. Gain. Are they both Armageddon. in that movie? No, it's Marky Mark. <laughs> right. It's Marky Mark, it's The Rock, and Anthony Mackie, uh, uh, Falcon. I do like Anthony Mackie. I do like Anthony yeah. Mackie. I think Rebel Wilson shows up for a moment. Uh, she's like, hello, uh, here I am. You know yeah. <laughs> Here I am. Here I am. Look. This, they just throw me in these things. Um, I'm and, a nice enough person, and they just throw me <laughs> in whatever. And here's the thing I do that yeah. we all Kiwis do, where mm-hmm. every sentence ends in a question. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm asking you, uh, can I maybe borrow a Pound of sugar. A pound of sugar. It's a like, what are you making? Sugar. That's a lot. It's like, I'm cooking a cake for all of you, for the whole set. See it. Don't see ask it. me about why I want a pound of sugar. And I hope you <laughs> don't have that many people listening in. I this don't have. New Zealand. Do I we love you guys. See... We're part of the Queen's realm. No, so. you know, I see these names of countries that listen, and I wonder if it's true. <laughs> you know? So you do get a report. Yeah, I get a report. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And All it's, right. You know, like I can see right now we're number one in Belize. I Thanks think so much, I have guys. Seen Belize. Yeah, before. we're number one there. Wow, we're the <laughs> number one podcast. <laughs> um, Kingston, Ontario, your hometown. Hey, baby. Montreal, my your home away from hometown. So here's the deal with Chris. You were uh, Kingston born. Uh no, Montreal, Montreal born. born. Thank moved you. Moved to Kingston, Ontario. Yeah, and then moved uh, back to Montreal. That's right. Where I spent my formative years, I'd say. 
uh, my, 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 my better formative years. Like I went to university there and I was there for 12 years, not at university, but in Montreal. What a great town. What a great town. It's a great town to come into your own great town to lose your virginity. in. let me just Why say, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I think that I could have very easily been, and I'm not being, and I'm not oversharing when I say this. I think I very could have been easily, very easily could have been one of these like, oh, skin, ooh, sex, uh, being nervous about it all the time. Montreal, so laissez-faire. So cool, so kind of just fun. So people were like, people were like, hey, hello. And there's I a... am the streetwalker of old <laughs> Montreal. And you are invited to be my first, your first, my whatever. first virgin custom. Or did you ever have someone go, hello? <laughs> I'm I not interrupting. I am a virgin too. <laughs> and we, <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> but you are speaking the French. I'm speaking of, of yeah, the French. France, hello. Yeah. Like, how you say? But Quebec would be more like, I come here. Hey, toi, hey, toi. Uh, hey, you hey, want to play the sex with me? Là. <laughs> hey, lo, lo, lo. hey, vous, <laughs> lo, 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 lo. vous êtes uh, tasty, là. <laughs> Uh, for real, I heard someone say, hey, man, the party, the party pendant the weekend, c'était off the hook, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard all that shit, Off too. the hook? I've had a lot of good times in Montreal. The party. Uh, my bands used to have a great time This in guy's Montreal. in bands. I in bands. Punk? Are you a punk guy? Yeah. I See, that's Montreal for you. See, I think if I... Uh, just very one quick thing on Montreal, like a lot of people in Kingston, Ontario, when they were graduating high school, they were either going to Toronto or anywhere else. And just so few of them, I guess a lot of them did go to McGill, but like McGill people don't really get the experience of Montreal. Oh, do tell. McGill, of course, the world famous. The world famous uh, Harvard of the North. Harvard, <laughs> Harvard of the and North. Yet all the people I know that uh, went to McGill. Are just they're just regular people. regular idiots. They're well, all idiots. There's no McGill Lampoon that I know. There's of. no McGill Lampoon. Actually, I dated a few people from McGill. Does 22 Minutes have like those guys? Like, do you think they're in this hour? Is 22 Minutes uh, Canada's Saturday Night yeah, Live? Yeah, yeah. You think people are in the writers' room? Are like, oh, oh, those another Lampoon people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another McGill. <laughs> yeah, whatever the thing the would McGill be. McGill Big Hole. Yeah, exactly. The 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 Patiners. Oh, you oh you wrote for the Patine? <laughs> um, uh, but all that to say. Um, I could have come here and I think I would have been more boring. I think that's what I mean to say, too, if I can qualify that other thing about being, oh, sex. No, it's just like, I think I would have been more <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> oh, sex. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Abbott and Costello sex. <laughs> um, I think it's easy Montreal. to not have sex in Toronto. It's very easy to not have sex in Toronto. Are you kidding me? Am I kidding? It's very easy to not have sex in the round. Whereas in Montreal, it's like, truly, it's kind of like a thing that happens. Whether or not you're looking for it, I find. Not to say, and I'm so not uptight about anything uh, in that arena. No, you've all you've actually I'm, I'm, shocked me when we've delved into there. Oh, yeah? Oh, Sounds my God. like you've had no. all kinds of experiences. Oh, man. I've had, you name it, I've had every kind of threesome. Wow. Uh, no, that's a lie. I've guy, had guy, 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 uh, girl watching, Bro. smoking a cigarette. <laughs> that uh, sounds me watching all like guys. work. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it's like, uh, 
four. You gotta work out. <laughs> oh yeah, she's she's Bob Fosse trying to make sure that we're kick. kick <laughs> it's like I, I think can I leave? I'm straight. I'd like to leave, please. Um, no, it's a it's a it's a great town. Artistic art as well, and it's just uh, we all fancied ourselves artists there, and no. very cheap to live in that regard. Like and, it's getting to be a bit of a bit nostalgic. For yes, you. it you is. Feel that melancholic uh, nostalgia. Well, no, I mean, look, I'm glad we're I'm glad to be where I am now, figuratively and like locationally one of what you know you are a frequent worker here in in oh, in toronto oh, i'm a frequent uh, worker uh, auditioning community uh, that's what that's to me that's the job and you, know? you do a bunch of stand-up too i love stand-up and you have a sketch group and i've sketch group. Oh, we have a sketch duo um yeah. less of that these days which is sad to me but only because we live in separate cities um we were just in new york actually doing sketch which was a nice return and we did like our first hour that's a lie our third hour ever at just for laughs your first third hour our first the first time we ever did our third hour was this <laughs> summer at just for laughs but all that to say man that's the job man going to auditions to me i love it when people say especially comedians they're like oh i hate going to auditions and then privately i'm like good get out of my way i like going to auditions mm -hmm. but What's, oh, I hear people say that all the time where they're like, oh, I hate going. But what's been going wrong that I'm liking going to auditions and yet you don't see me as the face of <laughs> Smuckers? It's the... <laughs> Oh, they're gonna hire the guy for Smuckers out of Jam. You know, little, but little, little Rock Pine Bluff. They want like an actual. <laughs> they don't want anyone faking that. No, you know? it'd be like this, right? Like I'm like Jam. Someone, you, you can you say, hey, here's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay, that's that's the ad. That's the copy. All yeah, right, you got something lined up. I okay, got something lined here up. we go. <clears throat> and action. Action. <clears throat> hey, uh, how about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Okay, thank you. <laughs> It's not smart. <laughs> oh, oh! I see what you did there. It's and then the, the it's cop the, comes in and arrests you. I love those negative ad campaigns. Easy. They think they're so great. Those campaigns where it's like, oh wait a minute, this isn't the product that we're advertising. <laughs> I love those, just because it's like, well, I I know, I know that your thing exists. Just tell me why. Wait a minute, this isn't the thing. Like, <laughs> do you ever Mad Men where? Wait a minute, there are other options. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fine. I don't. I I do have an allegiance to Smuckers now that you mention it, and I also have an allegiance to this other brand name, which I'm going to mention now: Heinz tomato ketchup. Well, Love that's it. a that's a big uh, Heinz guy. A world um, held belief, I think, that like Heinz ketchup Heinz is, is like especially ketchup. for burger fries kind of. Yeah, things. for diner fast food gar for garbage food. And besides burger and fries, what is ketchup going on? I'm putting, Chris it, I'm putting a dot depending on honestly depending on the um depending on the mood i'll put a dot in the corner a dot of high tomato ketchup in the corner of a dish of mac and cheese yeah you know people mess with that yeah people i won't smother it as a kid i used to really go nuts but now that i've grown up and i'm refined and i've had all this sex I'm right. putting thanks a dot. Thanks to being in Montreal. <laughs> I'm putting a dot. Thanks to being in Montreal, honestly. Which no. is not a huge ketchup city, ironically. Uh, I believe that. Yeah, I believe it's not a huge you ketchup know, city. poutine's not supposed to have ketchup, apparently. But that's the thing. I don't even like poutine. I'm one of these Canadians that doesn't like poutine. I'm I mean, it is French disgusting. Canadian. It's insane. Poutine, more like disgusting. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't poutine. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> well, don't the be ad. like, hey, can you pass me that poutine? There you go. I got something. Uh, here's a here's a uh, here's a wedge of uh, um, uh, Gouda. 
<laughs> Instead of the, this is way better. Honestly, uh, smoked Gouda on fry, like melted smoked Gouda, sounds delicious on like a nice cut, a nice wedge of a fry. Though poutine in theory is nice, and I like bits of it. I like when someone has some and I have some of it. A whole dish of that. First of all, what is that? Nineteen hundred calories for yeah. just what is it? Gravy and. Potato, like French fry. Gravy, a meal potato, is not. And don't forget the squeaky cheese curd. The squeaky, and don't get me wrong. Like I get it. I love the flavors. Do make sense. And a hot tin. And a hot, the hottest tin you've ever seen. Hottest. That's oh, a hot tin, baby. I just don't get it. To me, a meal needs a protein. It needs a bit of protein, a bit of green, and a bit, yeah, potato on the side to have, make it fun. That's yeah. a fun thing. To me, you're putting it's all icing and no cake. So what's the perfect croissant for meal? Oh my God, let me talk. To, let me take you through my breakfast. So I've been like gymming a lot. I'm trying to be like a fit person. Slim gym. Trying to be a slim gym from the office. <laughs> right. And he, he, I, what I do is um, I try to keep my carbs to the top of the day. Although I don't go, cr- I still have my fun. I'll drink a beer and I blah, blah, blah. I have my fun. I'm living. Yeah, you got a lot of Montreal in you. Yeah, I'll tell you, Chris, Chris will suck down a couple pints. I'll suck down a couple pints. Chris will have sex with strangers. <laughs> Chris will, oh, it's uh, called a one-night stand. Those are fun. Chris we should will all go do to them. a church and just uh, and just light cuss a up a storm. Okay? <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say. We two different things there. I'm a real bad boy. candle for the dead. I'm a real bad boy. The reason I say this is because I've lit a candle in Montreal at the Oratoire. I was going to say, I never. you know I've never set foot in there? It's nice. I've never sat there. Nice. I never climbed up that the, the stairs of that place. But all that to say, um, my perfect meal is my this breakfast. And here, this is going to sound quite boring, but I basically have this every single day for breakfast. It's two slices of Ezekiel bread, That's or three bread. slices of Ezekiel bread, good just because I got that. I love that good bread. Um, three soft boiled eggs, oh, a that's little a lot of bit soft boiled of eggs, three man. soft boiled eggs is is fine. The egg lobby people are coming after eggs for the cholesterol or whatever. They're fine if you're doing everything else okay. I don't add salt. I'm doing pepper. I'm doing a pepper mill pepper on those I eggs. Pepper run. So basically, and if 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 I have bacon, I'll put some bacon. I'll have uh, two strips of bacon. But if I don't, which is largely a lot of the time, because bacon is pricey, and I'm. Not the frugal isn't the word, but let's use it for now. Sounds like you're. I'm frugal. I don't know if you've. It sounds like you're thrifty. I'm thrifty. But then it's like you're like, like, oh, now I have this money, so I'm gonna buy like bacon, the thirteen dollar bacon, you know, like a nice rug. That's true. I was in Athens, Greece, and I bought. I saw this great rug. See, that's what I'm saying. You're like frugal, but you're like, no, I'm in Athens. (laughs) It was two thousand euro, and oh, just a ship. Oh God. Just to shit. <laughs> I've never been to Athens, Greece. Oh, I really go. believe that you oh, were yeah. in Athens. I've never been to Athens, Greece. I'd love to go. You want to talk thrifty? I went to Athens. Oh, yeah? Another, now on a budget? Yes, with the band. And hey. every time I traveled with the band, it, it was unfortunately coincided with me being um, completely uh, skint. as the <laughs> Scant? Say scant. Scant in the wallet. Mm. And we passed by the Parthenon. Oh my lord, that's mighty old, I hear. Very old. <laughs> and uh, I looked upon it, and a couple of people up. we were with uh, were like, um, let's go in. And I was like, Naturally. and they were like, it's 10 euro. And I was like, I'm going to pass. I was like, that's like, yeah, that's like 15 bucks. That's like, because I'm like, I'm looking bucks. inside. I think it's just like a football field or something. Like, it's not like, there's no can inside. See, the I was going to say, it's like you know? open air. Yeah. yeah, there's just a few other things right. in there. So then I just stayed out. But that so money I'm helps so... to restore it. That money helps to preserve it, right? Yeah, no, I should have 
it's paid impressive. the money and gone in and stood within the Parthenon. Yeah. This is kind of Just, what I'm getting. <laughs> you know, it's like a little bit. The Coliseum, we went outside the Coliseum. And that's impressive, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like, people. well, I don't really need to go into Coliseum. <laughs> sure you but do. But I probably did, you know? Sure but the thing is, with these huge tourist things, like the Parthenon, for some reason, was kind of chill. Like mm-hmm. it, there, But I think the Coliseum, it would have been more of a whole thing. I was going to say, like, that's really into... the McDonald's of, like, everybody knows it. It's a quick, it's like... It's like the Vatican of amphitheaters. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vatican's are not a good one just because they're both, you know, in that same old world. Are you a vet I can or a vet that I can? Baby, let me tell. Let's talk about it. How influenced were you by the movie Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> Was that from that? Is that what you just quoted? Uh, Mexican, Mexican. I think. Oh that's from yes, it. yes. Okay. Was, I'm sure someone the, else said that. The tail ago. end of a movie where you could just have a guy's Latino name being the joke. I don't remember. You don't remember Vote for Pedro? Yeah, but like, what do you mean? Well, it was kind of like, Pedro, Vote for Pedro. That's the joke. Like, his name's Pedro. If his name was Sam. Vote for Sam. No. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't seen that movie in ages. And and it was, and I'll, again, I'm saying honestly again. I'm saying honest. I'm being, boy, I'm being really honest today. You are. Sex, Um, drinking. I saw that movie one time in theaters, and I never looked back. And it was a great time, but I truly don't remember. I remember the the dance that he does. Mm. You know, I remember all the costumes from all the Halloween since. I remember the stakes that, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Rico. I remember Rico and his stakes. And I remember, oh, boy. You know, that's it. The suit, the crazy suit that he wore to the prom. You remember a lot of this movie. No, but just... Um, Jared Richard. Hess. Is that Jared Hess? And he made his money and kind of disappeared, eh? Good for him. Was that the lead of the movie, Jared Hess? I'm guessing. I think so. Because you said it. No, no, like... it's something else. John Hader, I think, was the lead. And Jared you are Hess so right. directed it. You are so but, right. But John Hader had something weird where he was Kurt, difficult Kurt. or something. Or he's like, a, I don't know. He had Uh-oh. something where he was... You heard it here first, Belize. off of... Like a pilot or something. Oh. <laughs> that then Chris Gather became the lead of. But oh my god. Either wow. way it was either way, I'm like, I haven't lasted. heard of it either yeah. way. So But uh Napoleon Dynamite, two thirds of the people who I saw the movie with are in this house right now. My mother and I, but also my <laughs> sister saw it. And um uh so you we like that movie so yeah uh, it was a positive for me i just don't know why i never looked back it just like right away i could tell i was watching something that was quite timely like i'm not gonna you know i don't think yeah. i could sit down with anybody and be like oh remember the great time watching him do that That's yeah i was like no i don't think i whereas i have that with like jurassic park i have five memories of seeing that in the theater with my sister and being like wow i mean i still just, the most blown away i'd ever been i'm sorry to compare those two movies no but. no i remember just like the movies that i was laughing that at at that time oh yeah it i just mean anchorman like, wet hot american summer anchorman. exactly even like the other guys which i don't even the know other guys is good. good yeah the other guys is really good well the other guys up. is a really good not combination that, of things you know because it's got some action stuff yeah it's got it's got my favorite thing which is when an action star like does a really good job in a comedy movie you know and marky mark say what you will about hitting black people in the head with bricks as a teenager oh my god is that a thing that has surfaced (laughs) yeah he did like eight crimes how dare you blindside me with this news i have to read up on the news on the twitter before i I get it might have been an asian man 
actually. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't have an opinion about that. I'm not allowed. <laughs> no horse in that race. I, <laughs> uh, I, I said nothing because you. They came for the Asian men, and I said nothing because I was not an Asian man. Now, you and know, then they, they say, the... "Why does a black person have to talk about race?" But why, as a black person, do you feel like you have to talk about race? Yeah, you know, because. Uh, <laughs> It's, you know, you want to help up, you want to lift up your community and you want to be seen as a force of change and betterment for not just your community, but for everybody, for all, indeed, all peoples. There but at the same go. time, there is the, 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 the fallacy of that is like, well, now I have to be an ambassador to the whole goddamned world who isn't on my, who isn't part of my community. You know what I mean? You want to talk and about a segue? Let's do it, baby. That this guy just fell, fell off a cliff. The what fell off the cliff? The guy that invented Segway. He segwayed oh, yeah. right well, off. We're the gonna cliff. fall off the cliff right now. <laughs> um, I was watching um, the my name, the Dolomite is my name. Uh, Netflix. Let's do it. Um, uh, the Netflix. Uh, what's it called? Like behind the scene thing. It's twenty. So it's minutes. on Netflix even. It's a Netflix show. Sorry, like oh right, the link you sent. It me. was on YouTube, but it right, was for right, that, that right. movie. By the way, this episode is actually supposed to be us primarily talking about Dolomite. Dolomite is my name. Um, And in it, Keegan-Michael Key says something about the black experience. And he says, he says, people think it's, people act like it's monolithic a lot of the time, but it's a messiah. Messiah. Oh, and also what's the difference? Monolithic. So if I, my interpretation of that is like, people think that there's only one kind of unified front here yes. that we're all supposed to be engaging with when it's yes. like the opposite. I don't know what the other word really means. Well, the opposite, mosaic just means it's actually like... It's, it's a mosaic. Yeah. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, a but mosaic? I said mosaic. I'm thinking messiah. Messiah. Okay, it's a mosaic. Right. But that's exa- but he's right. And I know I wish yeah. I had watched that thing. Anyway, hey, continue. well you can. Hey, well you can. Hey, I'm walking here. And you know, YouTube's still happening. <laughs> he turns the service soon, but it's I don't think they're gonna do anything with that video. Oh shit. But uh, you know, it's just uh uh and I and I see so much of this in the world right now because there's so many different groups of people talking about themselves more than ever in an open way like in a way that's accessible to the rest of the world because of twitter because of the internet right because of programs about this so there's a diversity in a within groups that are defined as being part of a diverse right right naturally people you know so um it seems almost silly for me to for people to get uh deep in sort of expecting anything of people of any it, predicting what people might be like based on race uh and indeed that is quite uh, silly sexuality because your range of experience would be very different than say um idi amin <laughs> idi amin though what a movie though huh what Idi Amin Dada? Yeah, yeah that's what a cool movie. The Barman Fear Schroeder documentary about <laughs> no, Idi Amin. I'm thinking about uh, Last King of Scotland. <laughs> oh, I actually never saw that. No, <laughs> what the movie. But what the one to see is, it might even be the same director, but Bobbitt Schroeder, who directed One Through Over the... Well, no, that's Milos Forman. Yeah. Uh, um, but he directed like Barfly, I think, with uh, Mickey Rourke. Oh, you got me there. It's a neat movie. And uh, he directed a documentary on Idi Amin, okay. where he went to, um, was it Uganda? Yeah. And uh, filmed Idi Amin, but Idi Amin had one condition, which was that he had final cut <laughs> That's what he's of, the, of, of the entire That's documentary. insane. It is, 
Because when you watch the final cut, mm -hmm. you're actually getting in a way, the perfect sense of Idi Amin because it's what he, he wanted it to, to be. Yeah. And it's still kind of scary and weird. Oh, and, interesting. You know, yeah, so. That's really funny. Uh, Why would you give that guy final? I mean, that's a good way. You well, know, at least you in order to footage. get access to yeah, him, you know, because yeah. you're not going to. In the end, I think I would have just been like, all right, I'm going to I'd rather movie. give him final cut than be like, with him and he always doesn't know if you're on his side. Yeah, yeah. You know, enough. I think he was an unpredictable type. And then really the movie that you're making is it, just for you then. Well, then whoever it was, I forget the name of the guy. But yeah, the, what he sees is what he, is all he'll know. He yeah. always, he's the only guy. It ends with him. Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't know that. And I mean, I, I guess I brought up that whole like point about race because I feel like you know, when we're talking about Napoleon Dynamite and stuff, even when you, you do a lot of jokes about pop culture, we talked about this when we were hanging out, like about movies and stuff. And I feel like people would, might lean into the idea of you being like a black nerd or something. That's that certainly something. Blurred. blurred. That's, that's something. Blurred, that's right? certainly something that has, um, that I've struggled with. There you go. Struggle is I a good a, word. I hit a nerve. Because on the one hand, it's like, yeah, of course, you know, I do embrace like a nerdiness thing. And then then there's like the a black thing. But then there is its own thing being a black nerd. There's it's, there's that thing, which is a completely other thing where I always resented that because it's oh, it's it's and here, 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 here we go. Here we go. It isn't positive in my view. Urkel and Carlton and uh, this kind of yeah, but there's like a new version of that. Right? Uh, there's I, like anime and you know yeah, like no, that this doesn't that doesn't thing. bode well with me. And I don't know <laughs> the first thing about it. people talk to me. They're like, oh yeah, they, they assume I know. Not to say that it's negative. But this is what I mean more. It's, it's like I don't know what the ocarina of time is. I to look that up. It's yeah. a it's a musical instrument, right? The ocarina of time. Well, the Ocarina of Time, I know I had to it's look it up. Legend of Zelda. I didn't know that. And but like, you like video games. Do I? I like Sonic. We talked earlier. I like Sonic and I like Mario. And you like light Lightning Force. Because it's one that I had when I was growing up. And does anyone else know that? Lightning Force? Lightning Force. <laughs> Don't here's. say it like that. Lightning Force. It's, it's <laughs> it was a great game. Way. It's like a one of those great... It was top scroll. It was a top Ooh, guy. Yeah, but like it was Side. Side. And it was like, oh, it's awesome. But I mean, look, I own a Sega Genesis. I, I don't think that Genesis makes. Is wrong. I don't think that makes me a gamer. Do you think I'm a gamer? Yeah. Do you think I'm a nerd? Yes. Do you think I'm cool? Yes. A lot of different things. <laughs> I think you're we funny. We contain multitudes. Cool. That's true, but th that's true. But I mean, that's why it's a struggle because yeah. it's not necessarily one feeling about it all the time. And that's why you know I feel like bringing this kind of thing up. It is annoying to make people talk about race or culture or stuff when. Just like in, it's annoying to make people, but it but I'm not. But if we're friends and stuff, you know, and it's not disrespectful or annoying, I think it's good to have these kind of conversations because you're just talking about who someone, who how they someone feel, is, or how you feel about something. You and know? it's never also to me the so self conscious that I need to justify this with nobody. You, no one's criticizing. Well, man, wait for the comments. Uh, I, there are never any comments. Uh, open it up, baby. Let those let those fly. Let, let them fly in. The only commenter. I. Um, it's interesting because uh, again, I even said earlier, it's, you don't want to be you know an, an ambassador to everyone's experience. 
to everyone else, you know? And like you said, yeah, I mean, I'm sure certainly not going to share an experience to Idi Amin and anyone that lived in Uganda. <laughs> but that said, there is Arthur like Simeon, a... Great comedian love from Arthur, Uganda. Love Arthur Simeon. And I don't even think he's going to have this. I mean, sure, he's probably much closer to that on that spectrum, but... He, I, I love never, him because he's super be prickly. He, he gets prickly about and stuff. And good. And, and I'm I think, glad he and does. And I think good. Because yeah. why, who's, it's not anyone... You know, I heard, I hate it when people are like, oh, Trump the other day was like, hey, blacks for Trump. What do you guys prefer? Blacks for Trump or African-Americans? It's for Trump laughing the whole time. Like, because so, he's so giddy that he's got. And then like the group, the swarm agrees that it should be blacks for Trump. I don't care. I truly don't care. But it's like, what? You have to be insane. As long as it's you have the to number be insane. four. As long as it has the number four instead of the word four. <laughs> back to the streets three <laughs> four uh it, to me you have to be insane to really kind of as one person treat a group of people as one entity that you only have to i mean trump is a really extreme example and i hate that i even had to bring it up there but i, I mean I, it just it just came up very recently it happened like recently he's worth what do you guys I, prefer I about it hey You'll all agree you have groups, but you all agree. Come on, there's no difference. There's no nuance between the three, between how many users are here. Come on, what do you think? I mean, he is a uniter in a sense. In that, <laughs> yes. in that I think that in a, a The way, great uniter divider. Uh, I don't want to use the word great, but- uh, Oh, he, pejoratively, he, you can yeah. use the word great. The Great okay. Depression. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but he, he uh, in a way he unites, ideally he would unite people. I'm just trying to say it's like, I know he's like nice to Jewish people and his Jared Kushner is like his son-in-law, but like, you know, he did say that thing about guys in small hats doing his accounting. Oh yeah. No, he's, and, he's like, he's, he's cartoonishly racist. Yeah. Not like, like Rob Ford was. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think he's like Hitler racist. I do think he's like, no, he will, he's he the will cartoon version he, where he's like, Hey, you're a freaking, hey, I get you. Hey, you yeah, love, like, hey, you love chicken. Go, you probably like chicken. He'd probably go like, well, you know, uh, yeah, Mike Tyson, you know, great guy, great guy. Great pro- black guy, great, one of the great black One guys. of the great black uh, fighters, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, probably framed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably know? framed because, probably, look, possibly but who framed knows, you women, know. Yeah. You know, like, uh, individually, I think, and this is a thing with people who have, uh, who attack, you know, what would you say, like, weaken systems and mm. structure, you know, it's like, they generally are good on an individual le- le- level with like all kinds of people. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I don't doubt it. There's no doubt in my mind that this man, I mean, look where he is, you know, he's an international businessman. Um, and he's, <laughs> yeah. his name used like to mean Saudi something. Arabians. His name used to mean something. Yeah, I meant like black people could, and Jews couldn't rent from the buildings. <laughs> that, that, and, and that's true. But yeah. simultaneously, he was always able to build, I mean, his name meant, you know, this great TV show that I actually <laughs> like to watch. I and like, like to watch it for about, you know, hotels, visiting New York and seeing, oh, the Trump International hotel and tower on the 59th street it's like wow columbus circle wow that's so cool trump it was like a cool brand for a while it was like it had for people you know there's no doubt in our era it was like kind of there was a layer of irony when i was growing up and you know especially during like maybe the first season of celebrity apprentice or something it was kind of like funny like this guy 
who has been bankrupt, who may not actually be in charge of any companies, you know, and it's just almost like a figure. Oh, I wasn't even like, I wasn't that dialed in at all. I'm I was, to me, he was in. just a celebrity to me. He was a celebrity rich guy to me, mm-hmm. who, as far as I knew, was the richest person that, well, but that's like, had like TV shows. Celebrity rich guys are yeah. all about making it seem like they have less, but to me, more money. And in my view, it's you still, you got to be kind of nice to people to kind of get there, kind of. But maybe that's a naive No, I think, I think to that say. you're on to something, but the question is... Or affable, or it's like... To, you, as long, you have to be nice to, like, other nice people, but... Or not to, to, to people who are important to getting ahead. Right. But uh, then if... I feel like he probably wasn't nice to, like, anyone else. I mean, he would yeah, go yeah, bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, And then people oh, no, 100%, wouldn't get money, you know? 100%. Like, but he'd definitely be in a room with you one-on-one and be like, hey, let's come on. <laughs> he'd be cajoling, you know? And there's no... no I mean, my He's friend Garius and Cajoli. This comedian Dave Hill, friend of mine, like. Wow, you dropped that name so hard. It surprised you. Do you, you know him? your phone? No, I don't. How's <laughs> it a name drop? Vietnam. <laughs> That's my whole thing. Is I drop names of those uh, who do not know. We'll be right back after this. More about Dave Hill coming Ooh. up. But um, Dave Hill uh, hates Trump, but he had to like punch something that I don't remember. It was like a like an apprentice app or something. He'd like punch it up. And, you know, he had this experience with Trump where Trump came into the recording studio. Oh, holy hell. And I basically, mean, like, chose Dave as, like, his guy. Right. You know, who's yeah. going to be. So I think he does that kind of Yes, absolutely. Much like Jack Napier in uh, Batman when he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, well uh, well spotted, actually. And, like, we know people like this. We Jack know, Napier was the we know, Joker character. We know people. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Napier. That's right. Yeah. Um, we know people like this. When I was, uh, even in my office days in Montreal, which were, I only spent like three and a half years in an office. It was like that. It was a very kind of like, you made friends who right away were like, and if they were above you, they would like, you know, select lieutenants when Mm -hmm. the time came to select lieutenants. Oh, I remember like being six months in this one company and my friend who I'd gone to film school with was, had already been there for a few years and Mm -hmm. he was already been, he'd already been promoted. He was like, look, man, I'm looking for like, he didn't say it in this way, but literally he took me to a lunch and was like, look, I'm, I'm going to be made the head of the department. I want you to be one of my lieutenants. Didn't say the word lieutenant, but you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, I want you to be, basically I want you to be my, one of my, one of two right-hand guys to look after the rest. And I had to turn it down because I didn't think anyone had, I had been there so little time compared to a lot of the other guys. Guys and girls, um, nice. cause girls can work too in Go office in. places. Go in. Go it was in. awesome. Um, Go in bathroom. but you know, you, but you know what I mean? Like to me running companies and things like that is so like, it wasn't inspiring. This was, I mean, I was editing pornography. This is a place where we edited pornography. Browsers. I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to lead with it. Cause I didn't want you to go off Did on you work like with Melissa. Yeah. Melissa. Uh, don't, t- don't tell me her last name. Um, I don't know her last name. I know her last name She's too. A Como, fan of my band. Como. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Melissa Como and Pizza Getty or something on. Yeah. Pizza oh my God, band. that's right. That was me. I gave her well because I used to bring nice. pizza and spaghetti and like oh yeah, I might be talking out of turn. I've definitely brought pizza and spaghetti to work uh, for lunch there, and I think she took it from me. I love. She's great. It somehow came to her. I don't even know. Anyway, so shout out to you if you listen to this podcast, which you might not. Mel. Hey, Mel Como. Love you, baby. And uh, her longtime boyfriend, Ryan, um, Ryan Hogan. I think they're married. 
Are they married now? I don't know. Wow. I'm, I follow them still on. <laughs> Cut this out. Cut this out. But it was that company, and it was quite like broy and quite like mafia y, where it was like, look, I'm coming in, and I'm like, look, I need you to be one of my eyes and my. You're my ears and my ears today. Hey, everybody. I hope you've been enjoying Chris and I discussing Dolomite is my name. And I hope that you go and check out all of Rudy Raymore's movies. I definitely found them more exciting. Uh, or I, they're, I love them. So that's all I will say. I definitely found them more exciting than my take on them. Anyway, this is the part of the episode where I get to say, wouldn't you like to make me feel nice? Hopefully I've made you feel nice over the times doing this podcast, talking about things like ADHD and mental health and music and film and comedy and talking to all kinds of people. Well, if you do like it, you can drop me a little money at patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan or co-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. 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 Kofi.com slash Nick Flanagan. And I recently made it so you can give monthly donations to Kofi. And Kofi is all of the money goes to me. There are no fees. So that would be preferred. But I also have stuff on Patreon, episodes without the Patreon plea, uh, stand up clips, um, lots of stuff. So, you know, um, hopefully that's enough for you to. Uh, entice you to throw a buck or two and if not just subscribe to the podcast rate it review it tell your friends tell your mom tell your dad tell your pastor tell your imam imam and uh you know just uh don't be afraid to to um sorry i'm trying to find some music now but we're just gonna start the dolomite theme again you can also email me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com, and uh, ask questions, send a comment, or if you have any ideas for stuff I'd, uh, I should do in the podcast, I'd love to help you out. Um, okay. Anyway, I'm going to leave you be and let you get back to the episode now. Thanks for listening. Kofi.com slash Nick Flame. Chris, we only got like 25 minutes left. Yeah. Okay, so let's cut out all the Trump 30 stuff. 30 minutes, 25 minutes. Okay. Well, we got to talk on. about Dolomite is my name. Okay, and? <laughs> no, my name is Dolomite. Dolomite is my name. Dolomite, what a great movie. Yeah. I know. Yeah, tell me about your... I just want to know what your take on it was. And also, you can even start with like what you knew about Rudy Ray Moore and... and uh, and what you thought of it, what interested you in it. Okay. You mentioned it yesterday. We were like texting, what movie should we talk about? And only because I was about, I meant to watch it because yeah. of, uh, so. Yeah, we, we both, it turned out, have a love of, uh, of Rudy Ray Moore yeah. that came before. Uh, and I wouldn't say before. mine was a love. Mine's just more of like a passing, like, oh yeah, this guy. Mm-hmm. Truly, like I'd been watching on movie picks or whatever, back when movie picks was free and on channel 46 in Kingston. Uh, Ontario, J- Jamaica. Some people say. I remember being in Kingston, Ontario, being like, "Hey, where do you live?" I'm like, "Kingston." They're like, "Oh, Jamaica." I'm like, "We're in the town. <laughs> We're in the one." And that's true. No, that's for that's the God's honest truth. Um, but uh, yeah, um, what did I know about him before? It was more exactly just kind of like this rude, cool, a uh, kind of a shaft light, like the poor man shaft, kind of like. I didn't really know that much about him, but I'd seen a couple of the movies and I always thought they were a riot. 
and yeah, like not hilarious. not even remembering the names of the movies really. So I kind of have like a cursory glance into well, it. Only Dolomite like has a name that sounds. He, like they wanted to call it that before it was out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, every other Dolomite. Movie, every other yeah, movie has to sound like they had to. I mean, yeah. Peter has an amazing. So these are Rudy Ray Moore. For those who are not in the know, who have not seen Dolomite, is my name, uh, which is a Netflix movie starring Eddie Murphy. In a great Did he direct it as well. No, do you remember who directed it? That's a it? white guy actually. Who I uh, who it Brewer something Brewer. Yeah, Brewer, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. great actually. I don't mean to be like here's here's one thing I will say. I know you were kind of giving kind of a nice backstory there in mm-hmm. terms of Rudy, but yeah, Rudy Moore, this guy, kind of a not great comic, not great uh, actor, made himself both and really shoehorned his way into American history and yeah. African-American folklore. He was, he was, I guess, a singer even before yeah. all of that. Yeah, just because he wanted he to be a star. Like Mississippi, you know, Arkansas. And probably Arkansas in the, in the 30s yeah. or something. You know, and here's a guy who spent, you know, all of this time uh, sort of not really breaking it. And then he wound up... I feel someone like Richard Pryor, and I'm sure a lot of other... Uh, like African American um, comedians of of party records and Red Fox and all these people, I'm sure there were the equivalent of, um, you know, like in vaudeville, there were sort of the same jokes were being told by a lot of the Jewish comics, right? You know? Or maybe not even vaudeville, but like what do they call that? The Catskills, the Catskills, uh, yeah, that's really circuit what I mean. or whatever. And I think on the Chitlin circuit, as there we go, yeah, they were also probably that same type of thing. And yeah. I think that Rudy Ray Moore took those stories and didn't really add didn't really add much to it he but told the signifying monkey that was most famously right that's the one i think of the most but he would tell like stories about like that one about the um the lion right and the uh whatever the lion and the monkey i think oh but is that's that, or the elephant maybe the lion oh, and the yeah, elephant yeah. And uh, or something or know? something. That's like, right. As a kid, that's what I remembered actually. I when, I when I was watching the movie, I thought, oh yeah, this guy talking about. It didn't even occur to me that like he was inspired by this kind of old wino telling this story about whoever this guy was. Well, I knew there was, was some like, element oh, to yeah. it because, but but a lot of that forgot. had to do with just how old his voice and his you know counter female counterpart Lady Reed how how ancient to me their voices sounded like Lady in a nice Reed way especially in she a just, nice way yes it, she just and and uh anyway so the story is Rudy Ray Moore uh made a movie called Dolomite basically um it's a story DIY of, yeah it's a story of it's the it's the room <laughs> kind of yeah he's trying to make his own thing and no one's making it for him so he's making it by himself yeah the movie definitely himself. has a lot to do with movies like The Disaster Artist. Yeah, or Ed Wood, I keep hearing Ed people Wood, say. Ed um, Wood, I would say Shadow of the Vampire a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, and, sure, you know, sure. There's a lot of there's these lot movies of like that. that are sort of about the making of a famous movie um, and they, they'll... The start of a career or that shouldn't have been or whatever. Sure, yeah, and... Uh, and there was something. So, what did you think of it? Honestly, as um, it, it, I'll just very quickly say that the story uh, does. It's a bit. It is a bit simple. Yeah. 
Um, it is kind of like uh, your classic, you know, yeah. I want this hero to uh, overcome adversity and make his movie, and he does. Yeah. And, and there's, there's nothing spoiler like alert. particularly existential or symbolic mm, no, kind of going not on. really, but I will say it really did get to me on an emotional level. Me it was too. really like, I thought it was well made. I thought everyone in it is great. Absolutely. I thought that Wesley Snipes as, what a great look at that guy, Derville, whatever the guy's name was. I love, I see this is as a fan of the movie Dolomite I was into learning either learning or just seeing these people being represented yeah because to me this movie Dolomite I watched it obsessively and not really watched it obsessively I watched all of his movies but I especially obsessively watched Dolomite because I thought that the parts that were funny and unintentionally funny intentionally funny Mm -hmm. They all bleed together. Okay. And this is my favorite kind of yeah. movie. It is, yeah. Those, these, yeah. like the room, just to interrupt, yeah, the movies, his movies are like, uh, is, or maybe unlike the room. No, I think it's unlike Unlike, unlike, but also like it. The parts that are unintentionally funny are very funny, like yeah. the room, but the parts that are sup- intentionally funny are super funny because yeah. of how insane yeah. the sense of humor of, these, the, the of this guy of was. wild and 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 the casting of it. Mm. You know, was just so fascinating, and I'd never really thought about. I that never before. thought about it either. I'd never thought about. Okay, so you have this guy Dorville Martin, who I guess is like a for real actor, which right. I had never thought of. Which I never thought of either. Because yeah. he was in. He has like such a weird vibe in that movie. Yes, too. and it's funny because if you watch the movie, this guy who plays the antagonist Willie Green, who is said. At, oh, the movie Dolomite, the, the not Dolomite is my name. You ever seen? <laughs> yeah, he, he's played by Wesley Snipes. Yeah, and he also directed the movie i guess yeah and um you the frustration that that character kind of has in the movie maybe was actually created by how frustrated he is by directing the movie although i don't know if that's i don't know if that was true yeah. necessarily but yeah. i thought it was a really nice touch totally um, I, someone told me tommy davidson was in the movie which i didn't notice that? tommy davidson and in which movie uh dolomite is, is my, my name, name. Yeah. okay Who's that? Who's doing Tommy Davidson? Tommy Davidson is in, in in Living Color. Oh, he's like that great actor from In Living Color. I think he might have been on something. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, he's he's on In Living Color. Definitely. Yeah, he's like the guy who was like skinny and wiry and like. Oh. You know the, oh, the chef. Who guy. the hell would he have been in this? I don't know. Someone told me that he was in it, but I didn't confirm. Um. So we don't waste air while we're just. But there are about just it. an amazing amount of like really talented black actors. Mm. Um, who are uh, given? It's almost like the opposite of a, 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 a paint by numbers comedy in a weird way because it's not hilarious. You no, know? no, it's actually quite touching. It's yeah, sad in a lot of ways. You know, Eddie Murphy gives a really nice performance. I he, the, same the pathos way. is am- is amazing. Like I want him again. It, it and it doesn't take away from. I mean, it's a simple story. Yeah, plain and simple. Um, and I'm not, you know, I think the movie knows that. And I don't know and how much interest it, it would get from people who don't really follow Rudy Green. But like more. you said, you were talking to Rob. Rob but he's a he... comic, so I mean, right. you know, there is an element of that. Right. And and Rudy Ray, uh, Eddie Murphy uh, in that that uh, behind the scenes thing says, and, and also on a Colbert appearance, yes, I did my research. <laughs> yeah, you watch TV. I watched I a couple of clips before I picked up my lady friend. <laughs> And drove her to work. We get it. You fuck. We get it. Just because you have a lady friend, it doesn't. (laughs) But it might. Uh, Mercy. We'll take a break. We'll be right. No, no. Mercy. But um, the uh, uh, he he says the the fact that um, 
Ray Moore was a guerrilla filmmaker in a sense, was someone who willed his career into existence, you know, was a big part of it, the DIY aspect, which is so interesting because like, and I was actually talking to this uh, musician last week who was coming through town. We were talking about the Dolomite movie and we we're talking about Eddie Murphy. And he was saying like, there was a period of time after Beverly Hills Cop 3 where suddenly critics were just like out to get Eddie Murphy. Right. And, and not just critics. It just seemed like he was doing bad movies. But was he doing the bad movies because they were the bad movies he wanted to make? You know, I always wondered that. I always wondered that. And yeah. I love Eddie Murphy. And I don't mind telling you that, like, oh, my God, Norbit. Um, he's great. I will say, though, he's great in everything. He's never, he never to me feels like he's truly phoning it in. Like, no, meet, I've never seen him like, do that. Meet Dave. Remember Meet Dave? <laughs> Where his body is a starship. He's <laughs> ostensibly, he's a man and he's, it's Eddie Murphy, but his body is could secretly also a starship. He's concealing, super into this like, mystical mini stuff, people. Dude. There's like many people driving him. Like inner space. Like inner, like inner space. So there's people, the whole, there's a set that's his head where it's like um, uh, Andy from The Office or maybe not, or maybe not Andy, maybe Jason Sudeikis. I can't even remember, but a whole bunch of people captaining him and he's just trying so like to- like Herman's head. Just then, trying to drive this human body to what end? I have no idea to leave the planet. I don't exactly remember. And he's great in it, yeah. but it's a bad. Give that to some other guy that needs the. Give that to like the new Jim Carrey who needs the a shot. Is that Mike Epps is in Dolomite. Mike Epps is yeah. in Dolomite. And the grades are like Titus. Mike Titus Burgess. Mike Epps. The woman that plays Dog. Snoop's in it. Lurlin. Lurin. Laurent. Yeah, who's Lady Reed Laurent? I don't I remember her, her name. I think she's. It's was, one name. Yeah, yeah. Di Forget divine. Oh yeah, name. sorry. That, I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking of his aunt in the movie, who I love. Oh yeah, she's great. Um, but she's only in the one scene, and that's a great scene where he begs for the money. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there's really there, nice moments. I thought it was a sweet as hell movie. I think it almost it, was like a league of their own or something. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I think if we do want to compare this and the disaster artist, I think this succeeds I'll tell you. on a biopic level. I, I avoided the, the disaster artist. Um, you didn't see it? No, I've seen the room. I don't care about how the room got made. I care about. I just wanted to see the performance. I wanted to see if what's oh, his name Frank pull it off. No, I'm not. And he, and he did, yeah. but, and the movie's not, the movie's fine, but yeah. A, a lot of people agreed they came away from it being like well i just want to watch that movie now yeah like, the, room the room cracked me up and i loved yeah. it but i was not fascinated you know i didn't go and find like every movie right and the stand-up which i did with rudy Moore, who yes. also made party records yeah and and he well, this makes me i want to know more about rudy yeah, Moore. whereas the disaster out, artist man. makes me want to just i feel like the book was better like because yeah. the book actually talks about how much of a tyrant he was on set and it goes yeah. way farther yeah like tommy wiseau the to movie me could have been meaner seem like he was not necessarily like rudy Moore was a great guy yeah it seems like maybe not but he was certainly an eccentric in a very different way and and also I just thought the fact that this movie was being made, it's like a love letter mm. to this guy who is, sure, he was an incredibly sampled voice in like golden era hip hop, the especially the 90s, mm. but he's not getting sampled now. Like he could no. easily be, be have been lost and this will give it a new, more yeah. longevity. And it's like, in a lot of ways, what he was doing was, you know, at the same time as a lot of other rhythmic uh poets who had backing groups like Gil Scott Heron or, yeah. or um, that really famous Hustlers convention. Like 
it had something to do with the beginning of hip hop and also which I didn't really know. I yeah. think the little crawl at the end saying that like people say Laud him as being one of the godfathers of like rap or hip hop. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I had no idea. But Eddie Murphy was saying this again. I'm going back to this vibe. It's yeah. hey, like load up the clip. <laughs> Hopefully. We'll see if Andy, the producer, can do this kind of magic. Uh -huh. But you know, he was saying those movies were called Black Exploitation, but he never and the people watching never viewed it as exploitation because it was like the first time there was like deep representation yeah and him them making it and... in a lot of cases not yeah. every case but in a lot of cases yeah. and dolomite i read someone said that it was like their favorite movie of that genre because it has everything and you know and it doesn't take itself seriously and it's kind of positive but it's like super negative and it has so many fun tropes like it has the preacher who's like not you know yeah like, yeah yeah i'm like, thinking of pd reedstraw the devil's uh son-in-law or whatever which well yeah where he's born and he's fully grown like things i remember so insane moments where like he makes a deal with the devil like everyone's mm. shot at the funeral of this kid yeah and he makes a deal with the devil and then like he reverses time yeah and the edit is insane uh, really fun. I mean, I'm sorry to derail what you were no, saying no. about it, but only like I truly had. I I do have a love of that insanity in in. I movies. love it too. I love you know Russ Meyer. I've been thinking Russ about a lot Meyer, lately because wow. I love Russ Meyer. And and what's funny is that there was a movie in the works that was along the lines of My Name Is Dolomite, but it was about um sorry dolomite is my name i keep on you know yeah, yeah. and I should have motherfuckers is my game, which is like why I wound up getting into him was I, it, when I was a teenager, some friend of mine who I thought was cool was like, have you heard of Dolomite? And I was like, no. He goes, yeah. well, Dolomite says, Dolomite <laughs> is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. And I was like 13 and I was like, fucking up oh motherfuckers. My God. That's so That's amazing. A, I didn't know you could add is my game. Is my game, yeah. And my name, and then you could put this whole thing right. in between. Wow. You drop Life your shaft. Uh, infinite. You drop your shaft. <laughs> Remember when figure. you discover things and you go, Oh, perhaps life is infinite. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> perhaps the opportunities in life are Whoa. countless. Like a moment that changes your brain a little. It was like that. Yeah. And then, um, and, and uh, anyway, so so whatever. Then Russ Meyer, there's this, you know, something you you might know because you're, you're a savvy guy. Um, I'm savvy. I'm Roger savvy. Ebert wrote two of the most famous Russ Meyer movies to me, at least. Oh, yes, that's right. But he they didn't, didn't just write Beyond the Valley of the That's right. Dolls. I forget he that he wrote also them. wrote Beyond, Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixen. Beyond, yeah, Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixen, which is the closest to porn. I was going to say. That Russ Meyer ever made. And they were never really good. They weren't good. I loved them. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I loved them. So I forgot that Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert wrote the line, movies. This is my happening and it freaks me out. And this is my habit, and it freaks me out. Baby? Said by Z Man. I don't even think he says baby. Baby, maybe it does. Oh, yeah. freaks me out. Yeah, but, and and he also wrote the line in Beneath the uh, Valley of the Ultra Vixens. Cover your ears, kids. He says, "This is my fourteen-year-old son. Have you met my Austrian wife? Uh, well, son, get that thing you call a dick out of your mother." And what a real man! Uh, isn't that insane? Yes, I wouldn't have remembered that line specifically. Yeah, and he also says the kid's fourteen. Even though if you're watching it, it's like very clearly not. A yeah, yeah, teenager. yeah. It's yeah. like insane. But Russ but yeah, Meyer, so man. they so they were going to make a movie called Russ and Roger, starring Josh Gad as Roger Ebert <laughs> and Will Ferrell 
as Russ Meyer. Ah! And Josh Gad is really celebrating <laughs> a nice renaissance. He is. I mean, let's just say that he was uh, he arrived and then faded away. But what I mean to say is, I guess that's anyway. Maybe he, no. He had his like he's he's kind of everywhere. Wayne Brady slap a bitch sort of era where like people thought he was like. I feel like Josh Gad had a long period of people being like, "Oh yeah, that guy is so annoying. He's everywhere." <laughs> but then he started being like, I don't know, nice a lot of the time ah! on social media and stuff. And I think people like softened on Gad. Softened on Gad. I'm certainly. I have nothing against Gad. It is just fun to be part of the. I don't like this Gad. Yeah, um, what a gadfly! I hate to say that because I have no reason to. You got no problem with Gad. I have no problem with. I've never him. Seen I shouldn't have a problem. It's like he was gonna. What was it? Oh, it's because he was on that TV show with Billy Crystal. Everyone made fun of that. Back to you? Something. No. Uh, so I'm thinking of the show that he was on, Back to You. That well, that wasn't Billy Crystal. That was somebody else. That was something else. It was a news one. He played the news director on a show <laughs> with Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton or oh, whatever. Yeah, this is all Back to You. <laughs> but, but anyway, so uh, yeah, so so that movie got stopped because in this era. Uh, Russ Meyer movies, although they had a lot of strong women, there's yeah. a movie called Super Vixen that has like an insane murder scene in it of a woman, and I think that they just they just backed off of the whole thing because it had so many elements of like. I think you can make whatever sexuality. you want. I think you can make whatever you want. I would like that error, error or no. I, I mean, I would it like would, it because it wouldn't enjoy a good release. I don't it's think, a fun. But... It's 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 such an odd, interesting story, and you know, I would say that. By the success of something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, by the success of something like this, mm. uh, or I don't know if it's I was, a I was yeah, movie, I'm wondering, but, yeah, but I don't really think it's it's getting. I th I think people are talking about this movie. I think if it's, I hope so. I don't even know if numbers matter with Netflix so much as positive reception. God, it's really changing know? the game, right? But um, I think that that being said, it's like I don't need to see a million movies like this. I'd love to see movies that do in a way what Dolomite did and actually make, you know, maybe it's a disrespectful or, or over the top or a story filled with sexism in terms of the movie that's being made. But if you had three dimensional characters, you can make a movie about anything. Right. That's, exactly. That's how I feel. Well, that's the thing. And I don't yeah. mind this new thing. As long as everyone's treated, you know, I kind of don't mind this whole thing of like making movies about people who existed that made movies like i kind of like that's yeah, cool it's kind of cool and also i loved learning i love going on wikipedia afterwards some of the best and movies like, are, the about are these guys film you yeah know? like like all about eve is about the theater you oh, know right and, and, right you know, right eight, eight and, and indeed and, you're right movies about theater um, and movies day for about night you know music. like yeah and and so even the what was it um, singing in the rain of course even you know? it came out a couple years ago straight out of compton yeah, yeah, I found Trader Compton to be a it, little bit too. It was it, it, by numbers. I was gonna to say me. it was a bit yeah. light. It was a bit light on the content, but I yeah. kind of was like, I was into it though for a good. It. I, I think two, I came I, out of I it saw with a the thumb Tupac up. movie in the theater, like the Tupac biopic. By oh, the Tupac biopic in the theater, like the, that was released in the theater. Yeah. Oh. I I saw where it was in. I saw it in Pasadena with my friend. Oh my lord! Oh, with movie buff Greg Turkington. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> here's another name. Here you go. That you don't. That know. I, no, I know. I know Greg. Well, I don't know. I don't. Know. Greg doesn't know me. <laughs> what was I going to say though? Something about a movie like. Oh yeah. Did you do you remember the Disney one? Um, the P. L. Travers one. What was it called? About the making of Mary Poppins. Saving no. Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. Banks. That's My roommate cool. and I. We put in the behind the scenes of that. Of because Mary Poppins is a great is a great movie. 
there, there, sure, there yeah. I said it. It's a really fun. Re- stop the shackles. Great rewatch. I'll tell you, Glennis Johns could get it. <laughs> anyway, if you watch <laughs> the behind the scenes, you discover that everyone on the crew really had a frosty relationship with the woman that wrote the novel, the, not the novels, but the books. Oh. Because she was really like, she was quite like, she was like quite tyrannical. Yeah. And the books are quite apparent. I've never read them, but the, the character of Mary Poppins is apparently quite different than appears right. on screen. She's like, not nice. She's like, no, no, she's like, yeah. And she did not really fully sign. She I did mean, in a, a legal sense. of sugar is quite a <laughs> frightening concept if you think about it. Well, yeah, because we were all on our paleo diet, diets now. <laughs> um, but she didn't, right. a in a legal sense. A of bone broth. <laughs> Do you guys like hot beef tea? Um, she did sign off on the making of the movies, but never fully gave a blessing when she was seeing them through. When she came to sets and like came to rehearsals of things and was like, "What are you, what are you Disney? Well, what are you doing to my protagonist? What are you doing to Mary Poppins?" And <laughs> truly, like the 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 behind the scenes disc really does reveal a fun story to be told. Mm-hmm. And then they, my roommate and I started writing like a treatment that was so fun about Disney being this hard ass, being yeah. like, P.L. Travers is gonna make your movie, it's gonna be right. great, shut up. Yeah. And the movie that they made was so toothless. Yeah. And like, also I had a problem with the fact that Disney made that movie. Like it should have been MGM, it was too incestual. Well, Disney that was a weird making thing about the movie. Disney. Oh, Disney made the movie about about it, yeah. the making of their one of their movies. Yeah, it's like I stop mean, it. I think that that's a big problem. That's nowadays, a huge too, problem. Just like the line between pr- promoting franchises and sort of telling a story, you know, right. like about the making of something. Yeah. Which is that being said, like one of the most fun non-dramatized like uh, movies about movies would be. Um, Hearts of Darkness, you know, made by uh, Francis Ford Coppola's wife, Eleanor, while the movie uh, Paco Now was being made. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, seen and it, it, it's pretty fascinating. And, and um, you know, and then on, on a whole other level, there's a movie like I'm Not There, but with Joaquin oh, Phoenix, yeah. which was really the movie that made me I'm start to there. respect him as a performer because it cast that whole stunt thing I was just surprised. It actually made it in. It revealed it to be a slightly interesting experiment, which was not what I thought when it was happening. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, really... this guy's being annoying. He's yeah. just sort of trying to do a Crispin Glover thing or something. And like, also, sorry, that came out. I'm sorry, when that was happening, what to what end was that? I do forget about that, that phase. When he was doing that, when he was doing those weird appearances on, on yeah. Letterman, that was being filmed by the canceled Casey Affleck. Oh. Uh, and then was being incorporated into a essentially fake documentary about Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I didn't You know, having a mental that. breakdown. I don't remember what it was. So you're kind of watching a movie where you reality and, and fiction are are, are, even... are being bent. And it's like not a perfect movie, but right. I was really surprised. That is surprising. Ambition. And then... You know, the I only reason I thought Joker instance. fully worked was because of him. Yeah. You know? I, you know, I didn't see Joker. I haven't seen that yet. I mm-hmm. can't believe I haven't seen that yet. Not to say that I'm like... A lot of people haven't. I just, I don't... Ugh, that Todd Phillips... Is it Todd Phillips? Yeah. I, it's I, a movie that I, succeeds in spite of the direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he does so many... Dick, dick Take moves. that Todd! Dad. He has very little style. He's never had a ton of style. He yeah. just... Has a what really good choice. eye for uh, themes and a really good eye for. It's like so many people have eyes for themes. To me, that's like the mo- one thing you got to have as a director. 
That's yeah. the one thing you got to have. I don't care about yeah, it's you like let your actors school. act. And old it's like school, a, Hangover. Like those were movies about the vibe, you know, and okay, the vibe okay, was vibe. What if 30 to 40 year old men were acting like they were in Porky's? Right. Where high school students were played by 30 to 40. <laughs> you know, uh, like, anyway, it's so funny. We're getting here from, from Dolomite. I've got to go. Yeah, let's get out of here. No, but I, I feel like we only touched on Dolomite. There yeah. Might, there might need to be a bonus. We'll do a bon- b- 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 bonus episode. I we'll hope do we one. can talk more about movies. This is yeah, fun. yeah. We'll come back and we'll do a proper. We'll do another one. Now that we know that we we're really uniquely good at getting off track <laughs> we'll do another one where we see something together maybe maybe so and then yeah yeah we'll make it happen so in the end tell me your final take on dolomite is my name and then i'll tell you my final take my final take on dolomite is my name what a nice entry for um my for my man eddie murphy he delivers a really nice um, uh, he does a really solid job making me feel for this person who otherwise I really kind of wrote off as kind of like this hack, mm-hmm. a fun hack. Don't get me wrong. Like I love, there's a lot of hacks out there that I really like, but, uh, this really kind of humanizes him. And I, I will also say one of the best moments in the movie for me, everything works, everything mm-hmm. worked. But when Lady Reed at the end says, look, I have never seen a movie with me in it before with yeah. anyone that looked like me on this screen thank you so much that really landed for me and i've heard that sentiment echoed a lot for you know you know we're trying to be more inclusive which is great because there are different types of people in the world and you know we're mm-hmm. making movies that take place in the same world that we live in ostensibly so why don't we have you know diversity in terms of uh, you know people that come from different places ages whatever uh, sexuality etc but so that is a sentiment that is part of us but I don't know, hearing her say that, it really rang true in that regard. Yeah, because they built a movie that was doing that on a meta level. Right, yeah, because yeah. Because I, I feel like there kind of hasn't been a movie that has, like, a, it's it's a docudrama, but it's got a light tone to it. Right. And it's, it's kind of honoring someone who is influential in his own way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but also acknowledging, like... The ridiculousness of the it ridiculousness all. Is, and and so like, it was like a, a talented, a comedically talented, supremely comedically talented cast mm-hmm. who are actually, it was more important that they were three-dimensional and that, yeah. uh, that, and oh, that they, they hit the heart of and it. And by the way, the costumes were amazing. Yes, I they thought, were. Yes, they know? were. They really nailed it. They really nailed it. No, so, so it really touched I, on a nice, it, quite on an emotional level. It really is an enriching experience. I really liked it. So yeah, I would say uh, I felt the same way. My heart warmed to see something that I grew up thinking was awesome. You know, I've, I was like, oh, all these people I really respect, like, also know its worth, you know? Right. And then Eddie Murphy, uh, I mean, I would say if you go in here expecting Eddie Murphy to come, you know, like, to become make a, you to, laugh, He's playing everybody. Like, he yeah. plays Lady Reed and yeah. Snoop Dogg. Because my friend had a problem with it in that sense. She said, oh, it's like he's Nutty Professor style. I was hoping it'd be like Beverly Hills Cop style. And I was like, it's kind of nutty professor style, I guess. And uh, is it's it? Like, what does that I, even he's mean? A little chubby or whatever. But, is that it? But I, I just think it's a lot more uh, like seeing. And Nutty uh, Professor, I think, is a great movie. We should have yeah. talked about that a little bit more. I think the Nutty Professor, the new, the remake, is even more uh, prescient. Prescient? I think, prescient. It, given today's everyone's body image problem, 
I think that the 1997's Nutty mm-hmm. Professor is even better than the Freddie Terry Lewis don't one. forget, it predicted Dave Chappelle being insensitive. Ah! <laughs> Reggie insensitive. Warrington! Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he's in that movie. <laughs> but yeah, so I was like so pleasantly surprised by the film. I don't think... I think that, you know, if you don't know anything about uh, Rudy Remora and you have a, you don't really care about Eddie Murphy, which unfortunately is true about an entire generation. Yesterday I was saying, yeah. saying this of white people, and I was <laughs> saying uh, um, to this comedian yesterday, you know. Name like, names. I can't. I'll tell you after. Okay. I said, I, I was like, uh, I was like, I do they said oh you know seinfeld sucks i don't care about seinfeld and i was like yeah but i do want to watch um that episode of comedians and cars getting coffee and she was like what's that okay whatever and then she was like oh that's the show he does seinfeld sucks yeah. it's like oh, okay and i was like the show was amazing and he doesn't just suck she's like i was like with eddie murphy i want to see the one with eddie murphy because i'm interested and then she was like well they're both pedophiles and i was like i'm sorry what i was like they're pedophiles are they both pedophiles and she goes well you know she goes, you know, Seinfeld dated a 17-year-old. That's like, of course I know that. Yeah, I know I that. To Howard I know Stern that. In the 90s. Yeah, I know that. And then, Is that. and then she said, and I think Eddie Murphy dates young women. I think. Too. I <laughs> love I this. Like, I love this. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's I read like, why is hyperbole at a rate where you can just call someone a pedophile when they're dating like a 17-year-old? Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying you should ever date a 17-year-old if you're 38. Please don't. I'm saying that. But, but you know, it's just. I mean, that's why there are it's laws. Just an exaggeration. That's all I'm saying. You're <laughs> you're you're not labeling something correctly. You say he preys on teen girls. I'm right there with you. Yeah, fair but, enough. But fair you enough. know, but but, but uh, and then Eddie Murphy. Apparently, it's a loving relationship. And I was like, well, the only thing I knew about Eddie Murphy was that he um, was caught with like a transgender person, you know, in his car like 15 years ago. I don't even know any you know scandal thing. And even if I mean, good for him. <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing he is... On the, just, he's on the, he's ahead know, of the curve. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's just that it's like... I have no idea the story. It just made me feel uh, weird. And what I'm trying to say is if you're someone with like that level of an attitude towards the entire thing, you probably won't like it, you know? Right, but right, you might, right. But you might deal with it okay, but, it, uh, I, but if you... I don't know. There's just something so I just love this. Like I can't about enjoy... it. I love that it exists. Yeah. I love that it's one of his better movies that yes. he's in. You know, of like late, certainly. I mean, yeah, it's not Beverly Hills Cop. It's a different type of thing. But and also Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, no, those movies haven't aged amazingly. Yeah, you know, and 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 this one, I think, I just always like it when someone does something about a subject that's close to their heart. And that oh, is this close to him? Is that? Oh yeah, if you oh, watch all the that. interviews, yeah. I mean, oh, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have I put mean, it past he, him. He called. That. He called Rudy Ray Moore an inspiration, probably. He did, but he also said he was a loser who refused to lose, and that I thought was a great way of putting it. All right, Chris. that's what I'm going to say about that's what I that's from, where we're from at. a couple of losers who refuse to lose losers who refuse to lose use that promo code and get yourself fifty uh, percent off a mattress at Endy or Casper or Lisa. <laughs> Yes, I'm Dolan. I'm the one that killed Monday and whooped Tuesday and put Wednesday in the hospital. Called up Thursday to tell Friday not to bury Saturday on Sunday. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you to Andy Lloyd for producing this episode. And thank you to Chris Sandiford for coming to my house and talking about Dolomite is my name with me. And uh, thank you, Netflix, for finally putting out some half-decent to great stuff this year. But 
I miss video stores. <laughs> this is Nick Flanagan Weekly. Um, I'm gonna see you very soon. I'm gonna record an episode right after I'm done this outro. So, peace. Thanks for listening. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan Weekly.